0: everyone. Welcome to our new episode of the Fresh Brains podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Scott. And I'm not Brian. Ha ha. Fools. Yeah, Noah, we got a special guest here tonight.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm um, Noah, aka Murph, from all the podcasts currently, <laughs> the Midnight drive
0: podcast. to so, say, yeah, you want to give yourself a, a nice little shameless plug there? What do you what are you working on currently or anything in the works that you got oh, coming just, up?
1: Just that at the moment. I keep there's some of my older podcasts that, that died due to time constraints hopefully might be coming back, or I have a few irons in the fire for ideas of other things to do, but it's all about time. I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. Where did the time go? I used to have so much free time. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, things like jobs and spouses and all that kind of stuff. You don't have any kids, though, that I know of. Well, te- they- technically, they- I have two stepchildren,
1: but uh, the, they're both out of the house. The, oh, okay. the The boy is in the Air Force. He's, he's grown, and then uh, my stepdaughter is a disabled adult, and she lives in a facility, so she's not home with us either.
0: Well, so that's not needing up too much of your time, at least not movie and podcast time, I wouldn't think. but
1: No, burns up a weekend occasionally.
0: Me personally, I, I have zero excuse. I have no kids that, that I know of and uh, just a dog and he's not too demanding. But
1: All right. Doug, Doug does have a kid and somehow he watches way more movies than
0: I do. <laughs> yeah, I remember that even from when I did shows with him. I don't know how he pulls that off, but maybe he's one of those people that just doesn't sleep probably I think part of the problem is that
1: I'm a grumpy old man and I'm in bed at 9:30 at night.
0: Yeah, that'll that'll do it. So, well what show are you on right now? Um I know I've mentioned it a couple of times on the, the on here but
1: the, the Midnight Drive-In Podcast. We cover uh two movies each week um and je- originally it was supposed to be mostly grindhouse and uh obscure cult movies and things like that. But the truth is, we just kind of do whatever the hell we want, whenever the hell we want.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I, I seem to recall even within the first, first five episodes, you you went from Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS to Blank Man. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right, right.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, within the first year, we did Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS and Flight of the Navigator. So I think... I think we're running the gambit.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You guys have been doing that for about five years. That was kind of the spinoff, or or what came from when I used to do Last Horror Cast. For a while, all I right. called you. I called you the uh, the new Scott. But since I did it two years, you've done a five. I think it's now fair to say that you know I'm you know Noah Beta or
1: something. <laughs> it's it, it it's funny how over the years all of the uh, all of the movie podcasts have like slowly cannibalized each other and kind mm-hmm. of interwoven and interbred,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, well, last horror cast started with me and Doug, who was sometimes Doug from horror, etc. And then a year later, Brian Wolford joined us from Drunken Zombie. Uh, for a while, I was doing the Graveyard Duck podcast with uh, Wes from Drunken Zombie, um, even before. Midnight drive in, you were on Murph and the Fat Kid. I mean, there's right. so yeah, it's it's all this one big happy little uh community. And and I think it helps too that you know at least within those shows, other than Doug, we're all fairly local with with some proximity to each other. So, you know, about an hour and a half drive from anybody, like even just this past weekend, me, you, Brian, and uh Wes all got together and saw the monster squad at the theater that's not in a town that any of us live in, but
1: <laughs> right. And then we've got Ian from Talk Without Rhythm out there making us all look bad. Right. Still <laughs> <laughs> still How dare, still how dare he be so researched and articulate. <laughs> 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 that's not what podcasting is.
0: Yeah, exactly um well you know so we're taking a little bit of a turn this episode because uh kind of last minute had to shift gears originally you were going to be a guest on this episode anyway and um me you and brian were going to discuss rob zombies house of a thousand corpses and coincidentally brian had to step away had something come up last minute and we were trying to come up with the time to reschedule and finally just decided well you know let's just keep this going. He, he can take the week off. Uh, you and I'll keep doing a show and sorry to any listeners who were planning to hear us talk about house of a thousand corpses. Uh, we'll, we'll do that sometime in the near future. But, um, instead it's like, well, I guess I can put, put the other pair of shoes on and give you a chance to, uh, scramble my brain with something new. Yeah. So I, I get to be the Guinea pig this time around. <laughs> Welcome so, uh, with the with,
1: well, pain, <laughs> uh, l- l- luckily, I think you're going. We're going easy on you this week. It's we're just watching a fairly good movie instead of some obs obscure Italian horror film filled with incest and
0: crusty zombies. I I'd, I'm fine with those, by the way. I mean, if we want to switch yet again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. The, I, the only uh, problem
1: with those is sometimes they're hard to find.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I. Have nothing against pretty much anything that we could pick, other than since the show's new enough, I didn't want to alienate too many listeners. So you know, picking <laughs> picking something a little more mainstream or that people may have heard of. But um, I know you and I are both uh, very guilty of, of loving the bad movies. And while I would be perfectly content having a whole show of just you and I watching, hell, we don't even need a microphone. Let's just watch bad movies, you know, regularly if yeah. you want to. I I
1: like to tell people I am like a raccoon rolling around in the trash can of horror. Just just coming up and being like, look at this thing I found. And everybody's like, put that down. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Put that down.
0: (laughs) Wash your hands, Noah. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. So as, as much fun as I was having thinking of all the fun movies that we could do, I thought, well, let's, let's scale it back and keep it to something a little bit more normal. My trajectory for this show has kind of always been that at least for the first year, let's, uh, kick kind of the big ones, you know, trying to kind of indoctrinate Brian into horror, show him all the kind of essentials that you need to see. But then after that, you know, the, the, gates are wide open and I could just fuck with him. So, um, yeah, there
1: there are so many that I'm looking forward to him seeing for the first time. <laughs> like I forgot I forgot to look on the list to see if he's seen like Hellraiser before because I I know that was one of the uh, trajectory changes of my watching of horror that mm-hmm. whenever I was a kid and I saw that I was like oh my god horror can be this other thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm 90% sure he said he's seen Hellraiser, because otherwise that might have been like episode two
1: for us. (laughs) Well, then now he's got to see
0: six. (laughs) The (laughs) bad one. (laughs) Or the remake, you know, that's out there too now, I suppose. I don't, I'll tell you what, the remake
1: has its good points to it. I just I just don't know how I feel about it. They they really messed with the lore, and I'm kind of a lore guy.
0: I just wish God, how do I say this? Um, I wish they would have just called it another Hellraiser movie and not tried to pretend it was a remake, because it's not. Like saying that that movie is a remake of Hellbound Heart. Is kind of like saying any movie with a in Ring of Invisibility is a remake of The Hobbit. Like, there's just not enough there to say this is that story. So, yeah,
1: I was you, I was really hoping that at the end it was going to be revealed to be a sneaky sequel. Because yeah, I, I, I don't have you read the comic books and stuff. I don't I don't know how comics. No, I've read Hellbound Heart. Yeah, so in the comic books that followed it up, eventually Kirsty Cotton. Becomes the new Hell Priest. Mm. So she replaces Pinhead in the maze. That's kind of cool. And I thought maybe that's what they were going to do at the end reveal that that version of the the Hell Priestess is actually that future version of Kirsty Cotton.
0: Well, spoiler alert, Kirsty's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> but for that matter, neither is Frank, so what are you going to do?
1: I was going to say I don't think it's I don't think it's that much of a spoiler. I don't know how many listeners out there are reading random ass hellraiser comic books like me.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh Noah, what would you pick for me tonight?
1: Uh, we are going to watch The Collector. Do you do you know anything about this this film and its follow-up?
0: I know the poster, I've had the sequel actually on my movie shelf for a very long time and never saw it because I knew, well, there's another one before it and I should watch that first and just kind of one of those things just never, never did.
1: Yeah, I know. I originally checked it out. I I impulse bought the first one on Blu-ray. I can't remember where I was at. I was at some random movie shop, I think, because a few of those still existed in 2008. But the uh, the cover is this guy kind of tying a mask on. Mm-hmm. And the mask reminded me a whole lot of Bagface from Nightbreed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I don't. And so just impulse buy about it. I was like, ooh, that looks like Bagface for me. Yeah, it
0: Nightbreed. always reminded me of um a scene from. Uh, oh, what's the time crimes?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that too. But so it's kind of—I don't. It you'll see. It's 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 its own thing. But and I don't think it's spoilery to say this, but it kind of comes off the heels of the popularity of Saw and a few other things in, that were kind of in that vein of
0: movie. I, I got that impression that it was. I never heard that it was a torture porn but I, I I heard that it was in that maybe inspired by camp which is also part of the reason that I never prioritized it. I never had a problem with those movies um you know the original saw I think is brilliant. Um the rest of them meh. Um,
1: I think but, I think we're in agreement. It's the the first one is a a brilliant piece of movie making. Mhm. The the next few follow-ups were fine garbagey sequels. And I'm like I said, I'm <laughs> a terrible little raccoon man in a trash pile, so I'm happy with the garbagey sequels. And then it just at some point it
0: went off the rails and just got real bad. For me, it was the fact that two and three were fine. I had nothing, no problems with them. They weren't as, you know, holy shit as the first one was. But then I saw four in theaters and hadn't seen three since theaters. And I had no goddamn clue what the hell was going on. And I didn't care enough to go back and rewatch three to make it make sense. So I'm like, this is too much work to keep up with the continuity. So I was, I was out. I never saw anything there past four.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll tell you what, I I
0: actually, I actually
1: did that when, uh, not jigsaw the one right before that,
0: uh, spiral or something.
1: Oh, not you know what I haven't even seen Spiral. I keep meaning to. Yeah, but, Jigsaw,
0: Jigsaw yeah, was I think the eighth technically.
1: Yeah, it's the last generic sequely sequel. I decided to sit down and I did like a a full on rewatch. I just because I have a box set of them, so I was like, nope, let's let's just do it all and kind of went through the entire franchise. Cool. And if you watch them back to back to back to back to back to back. The plot threads make sense, <laughs> but it's, you know, cause it's also convoluted and they do a lot of reveals in those movies because the first one had a big reveal. So God knows every sequel has got to have five reveals. Uh, it just gets too complicated. The, the plot gets, they kind of lost it at some point. I don't. There were a lot of interesting ideas to explore with the Saw franchise, and instead they were like, "No, torture porn with a twist at the end," and
0: it's like, right. ah, "Fine." And a, and a guy who won't die, yeah. or who did die but is still in movies more more after he died than before.
1: Right. <laughs> Some somehow getting older in flashbacks. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. So why why the collector? Why'd you pick this one?
1: Uh, I'm actually just a huge fan of this movie. Uh, it was all, the, the sequel was actually on the list because, like you said, you have a copy of it. But I was like, well, no, you got to. This one actually is one of the few that I think you kind of need to watch the first movie because the second movie hits the ground running. It does no introduction. It just expects you to have seen this movie and just goes.
0: All right. All right, well, I'm excited. It's interesting to be on uh, this side of the chair, so let's um, strap in, and I'd say everybody, unless you got some last-minute things you want to throw in there about what I should expect or be prepared for.
1: I don't don't think so in this one. I think you'll just be pleasantly surprised with this one, and maybe we'll come back and we'll have to do the sequel eventually because the sequel is not necessarily a huge... Shift from the idea of this movie, but it's like they just pour gasoline all over it <laughs> and just ramp it all up. Like it gets, uh, I would call it superherofication
0: of. Oh, all right. Of the not, movie, not a word I was expecting for uh, the collector, but. All right, well, I'm excited, so let's get into it. Everybody can go grab some popcorn, and we will be back in just a minute with our fresh thoughts on The Collector. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby.
1: Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
0: Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy, the chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. Well, I can safely say I um, didn't know what I expected, but I don't think it was that. right (laughs) yeah i had had very very i don't say low expectations but very few expectations that's that's what i wanted to say um didn't just didn't really know what the what the movie was all about i knew like i said kind of tiptoeing the line on the tortury porn ness and would say i wasn't wrong yeah i would say
1: to my my opinion of torture porn horror is that torture porn horror is fine as long as it has more to offer than just torture porn. Right. In which this one does. There's like <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on.
0: Yeah, I, I'd i agree. I think that a lot of those, the, the torture porn movies that are heavily criticized by, by me also um Like you said, are the ones where either like, there's no character who's redeemable, there's nobody to root for, or uh, another common trope is where you've, hostile comes to mind on this one, but the kind of thing where your characters are put into this situation where they're going to be tortured, they're going to be put through hell and back, and they have no hope of escape. Like, there is no way that they're getting out of this, and they don't know that, but as the audience, you've seen that. It's like. not that I'm rooting for, you know, yay, good to triumph and, you know, the the good guy to come out on the top. But, like, I think in order to be invested, there has to be at least some buy-in that this could go multiple different ways. And a lot of those, it's just like, nope, this is the only way that this is going to happen. So just sit down right. and watch us it's, torture it's somebody.
1: Al- it's almost a different type of the, the, like, nihilism that was in movies in the 70s. But in the 70s, they at least, like, you had hope that everything was going to turn out all right. And then at the, at the end, they're like, no. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, with the with the newer ones, it's more just like, no, this is just the way it is.
0: Well, and I mean, some 70s movies, too, would at least, I don't know, have some twists and turns to make it something. Like, you know, the, I Spit on Your Graves or The Last House on Your Last. It's like, yeah, those are brutal Brutal films to sit through, but um, I don't want to spoil too much because there's a decent chance I'll make Brian watch these at some point. Right. And he might listen right. to this. They're, they're
1: revenge movies. And, and the whole thing is that they're revenge fantasies of these people did something awful and now you get to watch them get their comeuppance.
0: Right. Um, so, yeah, if you are capable of rooting for somebody who's going to turn around and do awful things in retribution, mm-hmm. then yeah, there's there's something redeeming there. Um, your you, most of your torture porns was just kind of the you're watching horrible people do horrible things with no reprieve. Um, and I don't know that I would say that this goes there. i I think. You know, I I guess, again, going uh, the the way we do with every episode, we should just throw the spoiler warning out there that if this is your first time (laughs) listening, we'll spoil the hell out of this movie. There's nothing we're going to hold back. Um, But, you know, as the movie goes, I think it does play with the idea that this guy can get out like it's not easy, but he he has the means to escape. He has the means to get away and survive. But the narrative is twisted in such a way that there's always something to make him linger, make him stick around a little longer, or come back.
1: Right. All all the things that make him a redeemable character also trap him in the house.
0: <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, and it's a, it's a funny twist because you're you start out you know assuming he's going to be the bad guy of some sort. I mean, the story as we kind of go through this, he's what's his job like to install home security systems?
1: Yeah, he's just he's just a construction worker.
0: Yeah, okay. So he he's working on this house that they're obviously loaded and getting ready to go on vacation. I kept making the the joke the whole time we watched that this is basically just like grown-up version of home alone, but He's basically there right before the family goes on vacation and he's casing the joint <laughs> and if, learns. What if Marv was a badass? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and figures out that they're gonna be gone. Here's where the safe is. I've got I want the money. And then comes and, and you even see a lot of these scenes, like you pointed out the him blowing the smoke on the the Hornets, you know, and he's he's just a very cool, calm, collected guy. He just seems kind of like that badass type. It's like, yeah, obviously he's going to be the villain. And then as the narrative goes on, he has to get some money for his ex, who's owes some money to some bookies. And so he's like, okay, I know where I can get the money. He's going to go steal this gem from this house. So, yeah, he's a criminal. He's a burglar. He's you know, a swindler, like it makes sense. He's the bad guy gets into the house and then obviously it turns on him. And now all of a sudden he's kind of the victim and has to survive. And it's, it's not often that a movie can successfully make you turn on a dime and go from saying boo this guy to, oh, I hope he makes it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: And it goes, it's, it's amazing how, so the, the movie takes a little while to get going, but then once like shit hits the fan, you're like, what in the hell? And it just goes from there. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it almost has the pacing of barbarian. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Like you get in and then all of a sudden you're like, oh fuck, oh fuck, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: Yeah. if, if, Did if that only dude was... just
1: get a fish hook in the eyelet? God.
0: Yeah. There was there was no little comedy thrown in in the middle like there was in Barbarian, but otherwise, like, yeah, it's it's got a decent pace <laughs> or similar pace.
1: Yeah, I like I I like the fact that the only comedy in the film is the uh, his level of frustration with stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm in which we were talking about that the wasp scene of showing it, it just shows so much about that character but he he ends up being like his superpower is that he doesn't panic and he has a high tolerance for pain yes like that's it <laughs> he's, yeah, he's one no, of that's those true. people that faces things head on that's
0: um, yeah, and I was kind of lo- trying to look to see if I knew him from anything else, and I, I don't think I do, but he he does a good job of acting with his face, and there's several scenes where, you know, the, the movie doesn't rely on the typical, like, oh, monologue or him narrating to himself or anything like that. Like, you just, the movie's mostly silent because um, he's hiding in this house trying to get away away from the you know, the other killer who's there or I should say the killer who's there and so he's trying to be quiet he's trying not to talk so the script is actually probably a pretty short one so all of his feelings and thoughts you have to get just from his expression and I think he does a great job of that I mean the most famous scene is when he's walking out of the or b- best examples when he's walking out of the house turns around sees that the girl's still in there and he just gives that god Damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like his reaction too. Whenever he finally gets through, and he goes, "Where were you?" <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, and he he kind of does the same thing throughout as he's you know in and out of rooms because you know I, I said during the movie he goes up and down those stairs at least fifty times, but. He kind of goes in. He's going to get the gem out of the safe. Something distracts him, so he gives up on that, decides, oh, no, I'll go back after all. So he goes back to the safe. Then he, you know, gives up on that idea, ends up trying to just avoid the traps. And you can just see the look on his face every time he sees yet another trap. It's kind of like, the, the fuck am I doing here? Like, wh- <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah, I uh, love I love
1: the setup idea that he interrupted this guy kind of in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. So while he's sneaking around the house, trying to steal stuff, the creepy killer guy is sneaking around the house, setting up death traps.
0: Right. Which, okay, let's, let's just go there. Cause I, I think this conversation needs to be had. Uh, you've, you've seen this at, at least twice now. Uh, yeah. have you seen it more than that? Uh, oh yeah. A few times. Okay. And you've seen the sequel. hmm So like, is there, is there more to this story? Because here, here's why I ask. And this is a criticism I have of, of horror is it drives me crazy when a movie, apparently, whether it's the director, screenwriter, whoever, it seems like somebody had just like a whole notebook full of really cool ideas, at least in their mind. And they're like, I'm going to get together a budget and I'm going to make a movie and I'm going to put in all these cool ideas that I had, even though none of them actually make any sense or are connected or are explained. And I think this movie treads that line. And the the things that we saw, yeah, it was all really cool to look at. But ultimately, like, I was left waiting to find out, like, what the hell it was all for. And and I don't need movies spoon-fed to me. Like, I would much rather have to figure it out on my own than have somebody info-dump the whole narrative. But I did kind of feel like through all of this, there were a lot of little things hinted at that went nowhere and made no sense. And the examples I'll give are putting a person in the red box and then like mailing it and then, to and a house.
1: Bring it, yeah. And then bringing it to the next.
0: Sign. Right. And the the yeah. one guy came out of the box and he said, I'm the bait. It's like, well, bait for what? Like you weren't baiting anybody in this situation because the people that you were capturing already lived there. So you weren't luring them. That's what bait does. So and also, why would you put bait in the closet of a bedroom like it? That just didn't seem to make sense. It was a cool idea, especially the opening credits like, oh, these this random couple gets mailed this box. They open it and something jumps out and happens. Like, But why? Like, what, what was the point?
1: Uh, It's it's just kind of supposed to be this killer's weird idiosyncrasies so they do expand the the sequel is a direct sequel so it takes off right where this leaves off
0: okay um then the 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 other thing similar to that it's like it it tiptoed on the lines of some of the saw sequels where it was just kind of like traps for the sake of traps like the the first saw, even the first couple, it's like, okay, I'll give it to you. It's a morality tale, like, or they're trying to, you know, set some morals or, or whatever, make people exp- uh, appreciate life. But by the end, it was like, well, no, now it's just we're doing traps for the sake of having traps. And that's kind of what I felt like this movie was, too, because it, he, he, he is ish, right? Because like, okay, so he he goes into this house First off, we never understand why, like there never is any explanation as to who this guy is, other than I'm assuming he was the pest control guy well, or something. He also he, he also he worked at the house. Mm-hmm. He collects people.
1: Uh, so it's based off of this movie is based off of the. Uh, there's an urban legend that people call the collector. In which there's a thousand different versions of it where it's, you know, they break into the guy's house and it turns out that he's got human body parts and jars in the basement you know sure and the kids are doomed uh so it's based off that now they do they expand on exactly like kind of what he's doing so he collects people like a bug collection almost
0: Mm-hmm. When he obviously had a fascination with bugs
1: with the spider
0: yeah And the beetles that he had that he used. uh
1: So, and then the whole spider imagery kind of feeds onto him. So he is the spider collecting bugs in the web. And then there's also this, this kind of idea of the, the idea of like the torture house and stuff that it's, it's essentially him making you run a maze because you are a lesser life form to him. You know, he just does it to entertain himself Hmm. Some some specimens he collects, some specimens he dissects. Kind of, you know, if that right. makes sense. Well,
0: and I guess the, where I was getting at is that, like, with in this particular case, the amount of effort needed to do this to this house seemed so Ridiculous. over over the yeah. top for who he was going after, because the mom and the dad he already had captured by the time the um our main character gets there so there's two daughters that are left so okay i could see setting a couple traps to catch them but like there are so many traps in this house that it's just unnecessary and so it's more that like his hobby is setting traps not so much using them for a practical purpose because like I said, the, the chandelier is a great example, like the knife chandelier. When the right the, the burglar guy gets there, like it's not even set yet. That's kind of what you were implying that we catch him mid-setup. But if he's still setting stuff up and already has two of his four victims, like you quit setting up at this point. It's like halfway through trick-or-treating still putting decorations out. Like right. you're done at this point. <laughs> right. I think I think part of the idea
1: is so. If if he hadn't have been interrupted, that he, you know, whatever captures his people, rounds them up. And then I'm assuming he's the type of killer who would have accidentally left the key sitting there. Mm. You know what I mean? Just to let the person try to escape and sure. then run the gambit of death traps.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I think that would be an interesting idea. And I would like to to have seen that played out. I know that that, you know, can't really work in the, with the narrative we have because we did have somebody interrupt it. But it seems like one of those things where there's, a, there's an idea of something that could be here, but that was never alluded to. Or it was a director that just had a whole bunch of things It's like, oh, this would be cool. Let's put this in. Oh, you know what else would look cool? Let's do this. Oh, you know what else would look cool? And just playing that game. And that's what drives me nuts. So if there was a purpose, great give me at least something to, to know that you meant for it to be there. Cause this, right. otherwise this just seems like I had an idea for a trap house and, oh yeah, there's a killer here too, but doesn't <laughs> really seem to match.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, I think, I think part of that is that, that idea that originally, apparently they were pitching a saw prequel and they got shut down and they reworked it all into what became this. Sure. Yeah. And I, you can see it like you can you can be like, oh, you know what? I could see how this could be that. And they just changed his generic motivations and made the creepy bug face killer or whatever the fuck his name is. Like, I'm assuming he's just called the collector, but mm-hmm. he feels like he deserves a cooler name because, man, the contact and the mask are really good.
0: Mm hmm. Well, and there's obviously the scene there at the end where it shows the close up of the spider, and his eyes have the same reflection that his contacts do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's that great, that great freaking scene where the uh, the older the older child and the the boyfriend are making out, and she looks over and sees him under the table. And, yeah, yeah, that's and creepy as shit.
0: She's looking at him upside down, and so it's almost like he's hanging on the ceiling. But right just black and kind of in that crawl or like crab walk stance with the big glowy eyes. Like, yeah, that was, that was, that was maybe the best shot of the film.
1: Yeah. I will say that the sequel definitely goes sequel. So it goes bigger. It, but it goes bigger in more than one way. So it goes bigger with the killer and the traps and all that kind of stuff because of course it does. Mm hmm. But our main character carries over and, they get, and he goes bigger too. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's wild. Like like I said, it gets, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. He, he turns into action hero by the end of it, but they don't start him that way. You know what I mean? They don't just mm-hmm. go into it, but they evolve his character from this movie into what, you know, like I said, it's almost a superheroification of the idea of he's kind of r- calm, relentless, and willing to endure pain.
0: <laughs> Maybe that uh, red rock that he stole was like actually some sort of radioactive meteor giving powers.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Superman. It's so a little red story. A <laughs> little red kryptonite.
0: Um, yeah, and. I would say that that would be interesting to see. I'd I'd be curious to know what the time frame of the second one is, because by the end of this one, I mean, he's lost fingers. He's had fish hooks in his eyes. He's pretty much beat to hell. Like So to think that he's got any energy left in him to do (laughs) shit is...
1: (laughs) (laughs) He is, and it it gets worse. Like, he, he gets more and more beat up.
0: Yeah, uh, I would also think or say that it was interesting to watch this now, after you know the the, the torture porn era uh, finally dying out, which I th- I think it's weird to think of that now because to me it was kind of like COVID where we we were in the middle of it for so long, just thinking like this is never going to end, and then one day you look back and be like, oh, that that thing that used to be, <laughs> but. Like, I haven't seen a torture porn movie in so long that then to go back and revisit that, it's like kind of having little flashback moments of like, oh, God, like it's it's all coming back to me. I th- thought I had forgotten all of this, but uh, like the grimy credits, the green over overtones of everything, like it just, it has such a look and such a feel.
1: The industrial uh, synth rock.
0: Yep. Yep, which that's I
1: think that's my biggest complaint about this movie I think the soundtrack mix sucks yeah but, it, it doesn't it, play th- it's super low budget so you kind of got to forgive it a little bit
0: well and the, the music doesn't play that big of a role in it so like I said considering the majority of the movie is trying to be silent it's not like there's you know, rock playing in the middle of him sneaking around the house so
1: did, did you have a favorite trap? Uh,
0: I was... I mean, I, I, I like what you said while we were watching it, which is the... There's something uh, admirable about the simplicity of it all, like steak knives tied to a chandelier with zip ties. <laughs> I, I, right. I liked...
1: Right, Un- unlike Saw, where you'd need an engineering degree to build one of his magical devices that he has to kill people.
0: Although there were a couple like that, like the, um, I can't even remember what, what the very first one was that the, the guy did. Oh, it was the dad.
1: I Um, mean, it was basically just a snare trap.
0: Yeah. And it kind of did this weird slow motion, uh, demonstration of it through the walls and how it worked. And that, that was a pretty elaborate setup. Like, I don't know about you, but I tried to set up snare traps when I was a kid and thought like, oh, this will be fun, like in your house. And it doesn't never actually worked
1: like, you know, but I love the fact that it's it's an elaborate setup to basically pull him out over the stairs and then drop him.
0: Right. right. <laughs> uh, no, I, the the simplicity of some of the others, like the. It wasn't enough to just have the windows boarded up, then there has to also be a. um i don't even know what that was you know two beams with razor blades that just snap on top of your fingers like just one extra little uh kick in the balls while you're down i guess but
1: yeah almost like setups so of are self-tightening so once once it goes off you can't really undo it mm-hmm. but, yeah so well and also it's just steak and steak knife chandelier State Night yeah. nice Chandelier is maybe my favorite part of the whole movie just because it's, I don't... It feels like, it feels very 90s, even though this is a movie in the 2000s.
0: When it seems realistic, like that's something that I don't know that somebody would think to do, but it would be very easy to just rig up yourself. But right. I think the most unbelievable trap in here, which somehow still managed to work, was the, the one that the main character used which was the fish tank and the tv i'm like i don't i don't know that there's enough water there to have actually done anything but hey it it worked i guess right yeah
1: and and it didn't even work because the the guy was one step
0: ahead (laughs) yeah uh yeah the the um the acid glue was was a nice touch again had the The the...
1: acid glue is pretty great by my only problem with that is like i said everything in the film has this this sort of diy yeah if you had a the the stuff and a couple tools you could do it and that one i'm like where's it getting acid glue at
0: Mm -hmm. yeah what what is that even how do you do that how did you have time to coat this room in this stuff um yeah, why is it not eating through the floor? Like there's there's so many questions. But Yeah, and I guess the other question that I had there toward the end is how does a guy with no real tools at this point manage to flip a ambulance? Like th- Did I miss something? Well, I I
1: I can't remember if they explained that in the next movie or not, because I think it's he has a truck. A great big like uh, exterminator truck or something, and he basically just hit the ambulance with his truck.
0: OK, yeah, I saw him pull up like afterward and obviously he threw the guy in the, the back of his van, but there's a panel van. But yeah, that I, I was almost expecting it to be one of these moments, you know, Cabin in the Woods style where he had... Traps all around the entire perimeter too. Where then the car tried to drive away and it hit some trip line and caused it to flip. (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) it would have been way too much, but I would have accepted it.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So so what was your overall on it? You think?
0: Uh, Overall, it was a fun watch. I'm glad I watched it with a friend because I think. Sitting down on my own, I would have been pretty, pretty lukewarm on it. Um, but having somebody recommend it helps, and just having somebody I think to, to talk talk to with you know uh, during the movie and all that, like it kept me from having to pay too much attention, which this that type of movie just isn't really it doesn't always work for me. So I think it would have been a bit much to just sit there for an hour and a half now in 2022 and and watch a torture porn. Um, Right. But that said, I'm glad I gave it a chance because I do think that it has more to it than just a torture porn. So I've been dismissing it for the last 13 years for that reason. And I don't think that that was fair of me to do. So definitely glad that I watched it. I think there's a lot of great things in here. I think my favorite thing about it is just that main character. I think he's he's a redeemable character that has flaws, but I liked him. So I'm also pretty inclined to go watch the sequel probably sooner rather than later, just because I kind of want to see more of him. Yeah, um,
1: I just love his. I love his just belligerence, even if yes. he So there's even that post-credit scene of you know the collector sitting on the box and of course our main character is trapped in the box now but he's just i'm gonna kill you motherfucker
0: (laughs) yeah so yeah definitely glad i watched it glad that i finally got around to it i would not necessarily say that everybody who hasn't seen it needs to rush out and see it you know probably especially now that we just spoiled most of it but um
1: yeah, I'm, I'm hoping if people are listening to this that they just watch the movie. <laughs> I,
0: I would think so, and, and I guess we didn't spoil it too much. I mean, yeah, that's the plot, but there's there's a couple little twists and turns in there, but there's there's not much that can really be spoiled about the movie, I guess. So if if what we've said intrigues you and you haven't seen it yet, don't let that turn you off. I mean, you, there's still there's still plenty to be enjoyed here.
1: Yeah. I mean, once once again, we've got competent, uh, badass Marv versus uh, creepier Jigsaw.
0: Yeah. And
1: go. Yep.
0: <laughs> Complete with you know half the movie in bare feet because uh, your shoes are stuck to the floor.
1: It's die It's Die Hard in a Saw movie. <laughs> <laughs> everything's right, well, gotta yeah. be diehard at some point
0: well yeah thanks for the uh the recommend and for for sitting in here um you want to give your podcast one more plug before we wrap up yeah
1: yeah it's the midnight drive-in come on over and listen to us uh idiots scream at each other and uh, talk about movies
0: Can we, on so any social media that people should be looking out for you
1: Uh, I know we're, I know we've got Facebook and I know the show has an Instagram page that Doug runs. Okay. So I'm assuming the Instagram is mostly antagonistic toward me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every post I ever see is just like, thank God Noah's not here. Thank God Noah's not here.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, my favorite thing is I listened to the show that uh, you, you sat in for me whenever I was gone and and Doug talked about watching the Orville and, <laughs> and having to admit that I was right, that it
0: was a good show, <laughs>
1: and that that was the only show he could talk about it on since I wasn't there.
0: Yeah, he was really hoping You weren't listening to that episode.
1: <laughs> I sent him a message about it, too, and I'm like, ha ha, you idiot. I do listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'll I'll definitely give a you know, shout out to the show. Like if you guys, are, if any listeners have not gone over and checked out Midnight Drive-in, you you should. Brian, Doug, and Noah have a good time and talk about some mostly pretty bad movies, but there, there's some gems in there too. But um, yeah, <laughs> worth worth a listen. So, um, and yeah, if we are on social media checking them out, don't forget to come check us out as well. Fresh Brains podcast at, on Instagram and on Facebook uh we can also have our email address so if you've got any show ideas that you want uh, brian to watch when he comes back uh give us an email at freshbrainspodcast at gmail.com uh yeah as far as i know brian will be back next week so uh, we'll be back to our normal um introducing him to to some horror we i think we've got a couple more topics coming up i guess our next episode is going to be uh halloween week so Probably have to do something Halloweeny there to um, fit the fit the season. So many good options. Yeah, so many good options. He hasn't seen. Has he seen Trick or Treat? He hasn't seen that. He also has not seen any Halloween movies. So. Oh, shit.
1: oh man, that's that's a terrible decision to have to make. I'm glad I'm not
0: in charge of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll find something fun for him next week and uh, stay, stick stick to uh, the social media because usually around on the weekend is when I'll usually announce what next week's episode is. And as long as we don't throw a curveball like we did this week, we'll actually stick to it. But um, thanks for sitting in and, you know, and enjoying being along for the ride with us as we watch The Collector. And we'll get back to Rob Zombie and House of a Thousand Corpses at some point. So if any listeners were, were super disappointed that we didn't get there, well. We'll be there, and maybe Noah will be back for that one as well. <laughs> Is anybody
1: ever disappointed not having watched a Rob Zombie movie? <laughs> all
0: right. Well, uh, I guess that's all I've got really got to say. Any last-minute things you want to throw out there for, for the listeners? No. End of show. <laughs> all right. So until next week, uh, I'm Scott. And I'm Noah. And just remember if if you're trying to get out of the house and you see the girl in the window, just just keep running.